Awesome job, worship team. Welcome to church. Let's give our appreciation to the worship team. Awesome. You guys can be seated. Welcome to church. How you guys doing? Awesome, awesome. We've got all kinds of stuff happening this morning, don't we? We've got shirts out in the lobby for a live team. We've got our fall cruise out in the lobby and online. They're live online. It's a great, great Sunday. But man, today we're talking about community. Can you say it with me? Community. Community. We think community is a both and. I love that phrase, both and. There's so many both ands in faith and in life. Community is a both and. It is both showing up and putting up. And I was telling Eric this week what I was considering naming the message, show up and put up, and he's, he said, you got to clarify that you're not saying what? <laughs> yeah, put up or shut up. So I didn't say put up or shut up, just to make the record clear. I said, show up and put up. When we talk about community, we're talking about, yes, showing up, being in attendance, being there with the community. But we're also talking about putting up, being active participant, not just being there, but being a part of building whatever it is that that community is. Let's pray and we'll dive in more. Lord, we love you so much and we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for the gift of church community. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your church. And Lord, how precious we are and the church is to you. Lord, open up our eyes to see your heart on this topic of community and what it looks like for us to both show up and put up in your church. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the eyes of the world have been on Afghanistan lately. And as believers, our heart has been with the believers that are over there. Um, you know, Eric and I um, have had a heart for the persecuted church or the underground church for many years. And in college, Eric would take um, yearly mission trips to an organization called Voice of the Martyrs, which is in Oklahoma, and it's an organization that brings awareness and support to the persecuted church, to Christians who are in danger because of their faith. In college, I took a, a month-long trip to Egypt. It was an educational trip through my Christian university where we learned about the culture over there, but part of it was also um, meeting and seeing the church over there. So as a college student, I remember visiting churches that met in literal caves and, and seeing the resilience of the church in the Middle East. Um, around that time, I don't know if you guys remember the, the books uh, called Jesus Freaks. There were multiple different volumes written by DC Talk and Voice of the Martyrs that recalled stories of Christian martyrs throughout the generations. Um, you know, our first year of Bible school, we went to Bible school kind of open-handed feeling like, okay, God, either you're calling us to college-age ministry or you're calling us to be missionaries to the Middle East, 100% willing to do whatever it was that he was calling us to. And he led us right after Bible school to do college ministry, but we've always remained to have a burden and a heart for ministry in the Middle East. And when you have a heart for ministry in the Middle East, it always comes with this awareness of the persecution that's over there. As a church, we announced recently we sent funds over to Global Catalytic Ministries that has base, um, boots on the ground in Afghanistan for the last decade or so. 
They're connected with an organization called Frontier Alliance International, FAI Studios. And um, really encourage you to check out the app. It's FAI Studios app, and they have all of these really, really high-quality videos that show documentaries of what church looks like for people in places like Afghanistan. They have a series called Sheep Among Wolves, and it's just Eric and I have been watching some of these recently, and it has sparked a new, a fresh flame in our heart for believers in, in places like that that are gathering and in danger to gather. And so you're like, what is going on? I thought we were talking about community. Why are we talking about the persecuted church, the underground church? And I lead off by talking about this because there's so much that we can learn from the persecuted church, from the underground church about community. There's so much that we can learn from believers who are in places like Afghanistan, in Iran, in China, because of how much they value gathering. There's places in the world like these places where when believers come to gather like we are here today, they turn off their cell phones and they drop it in a bucket far away from where they're gathering so that people don't know where they are when they gather. But they're so committed to gathering that they do that, but they do it in a way so that they can't be tracked. There's places in the world where if believers, friends, or family members find, that, find out that they, are in, that they truly are believers, their lives could be in danger. There's places in the world like Afghanistan and Iran and China where um, believers, as they gather together for worship, they're praying, Lord, give us boldness in case today, this morning, we have to die for our faith because we are worshiping Jesus. And when we hear stories like that, I hope it begs the question within all of us, if I was in that place, would I still gather? These places in the world, believers understand the priceless, intangible, spiritually significant value of gathering. They understand the command to gather that Jesus gives us. And they risk their lives to gather. They risk their lives to worship. They risk their lives to come together and disciple other believers to go and tell others about the saving power and the love of Jesus Christ. Today we're talking about gathering. We're talking about showing up and putting up. I want to share this first scripture with you, Hebrews 10.25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. This scripture is talking about, hey, we can't forsake gathering together. This is so essential. But then it tags on it. It says, hey, some people are forgetting assembling together. Go and keep that scripture up there. But exhort one another even so much more as you see the day, capital D, approaching, referring to the return of the Lord, returning to Jesus' second coming. So God says, don't forsake gathering, and even more so when you see the coming of the, the second coming of Jesus. The scripture is saying that when you see the signs of Jesus' second coming, you should be ever diligent to gather inferring that it's probably going to be harder to gather. You're going to have to exert more energy to gather during that time. So make sure you don't stop gathering. 
And, and this morning, you know, you bring up the topic of end times and some people could be like, oh, well, we don't know. I mean, Jesus could come back in hundreds of years where he could be like a way far way off from it. And that's true. He could. Jesus could be coming back in the next moment. And that is true. The Bible's clear. No one knows the day or the hour. But Jesus says that you could see signs of the day coming closer. And when you see those signs of the day coming closer, be ever even, even more ever vigilant together. And so I think all of our alarms are up, right? You know, the nations that are prophesied to come against Israel in the last days are more aligned now than they ever have been. Some of them have never in history been allies until this moment in time. When it comes to technology that allows for buying and selling of goods through a mark on your hand, technology has never been closer to that than it is today. When it comes to people being lovers of self, Israel becoming a nation within our lifetime, even the increase of pandemics and wars and rumors of wars, so when it comes to not forsaking gathering, and even more so when we see signs of this day approaching, let us be ever more vigilant. Matthew 24, Jesus is talking about what those signs will look like. He says, Matthew 24, verse 7, nations will go against, will war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be terrible earthquakes and horrible epidemics and famines in place after place. This is how the birth pains of the new age will begin. Goes on to say, you can be expected to be persecuted, even killed, for you will be hated for by all nations because of your love for me. Again, we're talking about gathering this morning, but I feel so impressed to encourage you that the closer that we get to that day, capital D, the more intentional we need to be about gathering, showing up, and putting up. Those scriptures I just read to you were from Matthew 24, and there's 20 more verses after that one that talk about even more intense chaos and deception and tribulation that will come as the day approaches. As believers, we know that we believe that scripture says that we will just be there for the, the birth pains and not the great tribulation. But I bring all that up because COVID has messed up people's gathering habits. And as we approach that great day with the capital D, the culture of the world will become even harder, even, and even worse than what we have experienced with COVID. It's going to get harder and harder together. So in light of all of that, let us be ever more committed to Christ, more devoted to gather for worship. The early church um, knew what it meant to gather, and they also knew what it meant to be persecuted. You know, in America, you know, we watch these videos that I shared with you earlier, and I see the persecution that they're experiencing over there, and it emboldens, it emboldened me after watching these videos to say, man, the persecution that we experience over here is nothing like that. Um, but let us be ever more committed to following Christ. Let's take a look at Acts 2, verse 21 through 47, actually 42 through 47. It's a snapshot of the early church, and it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. It goes on to say, A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. 
They sold their property and their possessions. They shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I love this picture of the early church because church for the early believers was not this casual attending of a one-hour service on a Sunday morning when it was convenient. Being a part of church community was so much more than that. They showed up for worship, but they also put up for worship. We see phrases in here like, they shared everything. They sold their possessions and their properties. They worshiped together every day, and they shared meals together. They were actively involved in community with one another. Church community was not simply showing up for Sunday mornings. It was much more. And in the West, America, um, casual Christianity um, can be so common. Yeah, I'll show up on Sunday mornings, maybe when it's convenient. You know, church statistics say that people used to come to church every Sunday morning, but now they even build kid curriculum in three-week three rotations because the average family only comes um, one, one time every three Sundays. Casual Christianity. I'll, I'll show up when I'm able to, when there's nothing else on the calendar. I'll serve when you really need someone to fill in. I'll give every now and then. I'll be loosely committed to this church community. That's the trend in Western cultures in, in, in America, but not so at Alive. I just want to celebrate a community within the community here at Alive that has so modeled this so well. There's a, a group of, of people, too many to name this morning, in the golden years generation that has really modeled this so well. You know, it started out by them just showing up, showing up to cruise, showing up to serve on the Alive team. And in that context, they started exchanging phone numbers and inviting out to eat or, hey, come join my crew tonight and, and building relationships and doing life with each other outside of Sunday mornings and even outside of crews. Recently, there's been different things going on that before we can even get to them to say, hey, um, you know, someone's in the hospital or someone's going through something. Can you guys get a meal train going? The meal train is already going. They've already gathered the people to meet the needs and to share with every, you know, like the scripture says, share everything with everyone. The beautiful thing about this community is they haven't just showed up to church as a duty, but have intentionally planted deep roots, intentionally given and served more than they have received or been served. And as a result, there's such a beautiful blessing in their lives. Recent we recently, we had a beautiful memorial service for Donna Chalich, and, and this community gathered and brought meals and set up tables and centerpieces and served the family so well that it was such a witness to the family and friends that joined. This deep community where we're um, deeply involved and intertwined in each other's lives. It's the church community that Jesus is calling us to. 
And it sounds churchy. You know, in the Bible, it says they met in the temple daily and house to house. It kind of sounds churchy and irrelevant. Like, what does that really mean? Like, they are coming to church services every day? Or what does that really mean in context? And I think just like a modern-day translation of that in our context at Alive would be, hey, they met on, at church on Sunday morning. And then on, on Monday you brought a meal to someone who was in the hospital or who just had a baby. And then on Wednesday, you gathered in basics class or in a crew. And then on Friday, you just happened to invite a friend from church over for dinner. You guys went out to dinner. And you're, it's just a part of your life. Your church community and giving and serving is just a part of your life. It's not this add-on thing that I'll do if my schedule allows for it. Um, and, you know, we're called to live generously towards all people, right? We just came out of a Loving Your Neighbor series about serving and loving your neighbor, and that's so important and that's so true. And some of you this morning might be like, I have that kind of community, but outside the church. I have that kind of community with my neighbors, or I have that kind of community with my sports team or with my the, on, with the parents on my kids' sports team, or I have that kind of community with this organization that I'm a part of or with my, my coworkers at work or or wherever it might be. I have that kind of community. I don't need church community too. And that's great. We all need all kinds of community of all sorts, right? But scripture tells us to do good to all, but especially to those who are in the household of faith. As believers, there should be a special priority on each other. All of us sitting in, in here today, all of us joining online and those to come at second service Ephesians 6, 9 through 10 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are in the household of faith. Isn't that good? Let us not grow weary in doing good. You know, last month we talked about having healthy rhythms, sabbathing and rest and simplicity and slowing and as we have margin in our life it it allows us to serve without growing weary because a lot of times opportunities to serve within church community sometimes it's scheduled in like on Sunday mornings but a lot of times it's not someone's in the hospital someone just had a baby something happened and and let's all gather to bring meals or let's all gather to serve and help out in their yard or whatever it is and we need margin in our life to be able to do that and not grow weary and, and doing well, right? And he says, let's do good to all people. Let's serve and love and, and be in community with all people. It's so important to be in community, church community, but also to be in community with our neighbor and have people in the community that we know that are not close to God. He says in that scripture, it says, let us do good to all, but especially to those who are in the household of faith. And you know, it gives God so much delight when we dwell together in unity with our church community. Scripture says in Psalm 133, verse 1 through 3, it says this it says, How good and how pleasant is it when God's people live together in unity? Goes on to give this imagery that doesn't mean much to us, but it meant so much to the people who read it in that at that time. What is it like when God's people live together in unity? It's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down the anointing oil, running down the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. It's like the dew of Mount Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. 
For the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Where does the Lord bestow his blessing? Where his people are gathered together in unity. Amen. So I want to encourage us this morning, you know, we've got crews launching, we've got the Alive Team Serve Day, and I just want to encourage all of us to make, to take that next step. What does that look like? Man, you know, there's that, the parable um, in, in the Bible of, of the virgins being ready for the bridegroom because he could come at any time. I mean, the reality of that day is approaching, and when Jesus comes back, Will we be happy with how we've committed our life to him and building his bride? And so um, just want to encourage us to show up and put up. And what does that look like? What does that look like to deeply be a part of church community and deeply show up to serve and not just um, be served? So I want to encourage all of us from all generations, but especially the younger generation, our generation, the 20, if you're here in your, tw- in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s, if you're online, man, let's take it up a notch, right? When we sign up for a crew, it's awesome to sign up for a crew. That's like step number one. But then you got to show up, <laughs> sign up for the crew, and then show up for the crew. But that's not even really the biggest step. The biggest step is show up and put up. When you're there, engage and be the first one to ask for the phone number. Be the first one to initiate a hangout outside of the crew. Be the first one when someone in the crew is going through something to get a prayer um, text group going or to get a meal train going or be the first one to really own community. Because, man, in that place, God, it's so good and pleasant when we dwell together in unity and God commands his blessing on that place. So, yeah, sign up for the crew. Show up, but put up. And same with the Alive team. You know, a lot of times we encourage people to serve on the Alive team because you have a gift. And it, and you come alive when you use your gift serving and, and, and building the eternal thing, the kingdom of God, right? And that's so true. And, hey, there's needs and there's... There's lots of needs on the team that, man, we could grow as more people step up to lead. And those are all true. But what we're sensing even more than that lately is, man, um, the community that you get to be a part of when you serve. Like when you sign up for a crew, a small group, it's good to show up and it's good to put up, but there's not a ton of accountability with it. Like you don't have to. But when you sign up to serve on the Alive team, like you're put in the schedule. And if you don't show up, then it affects everybody else. It's like the family, right? You said you're going to bring the green bean casserole. You didn't bring the green bean casserole. Now we don't have a green bean casserole. Like when you're a part of the Alive team, there's a good, healthy accountability that says, you know what? I know for sure I'm going to be at church two Sundays a month. Most people serve twice a month. You can serve once a month if you want. But But there's a good, healthy accountability for growth. And then the relationships that happen as you serve, same thing. Get the phone number. Find opportunities to serve. Really be engaged. Show up. And let me hear you say it. Put up. That's good. And we've been saying a lot about health lately this year, right? We want to be healthy spirit, soul, and body. A healthy church is not a church that has really good attendance. A healthy church is a church that has really good engagement, 
where church members don't just come to attend, but church members are deeply engaged, like we've been talking about all morning. So what's your next step? To show up and to put up in church community. I'll close with this scripture. Um, in Psalm 92, verse 12 through 15, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Love this scripture. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, deeply invested in Jesus' bride, the church community, they shall flourish. Their life shall grow. They shall bear good fruit in old age and be fresh and flourishing. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. And we thank you for the gift of church community. Lord, we thank you for the gift of like-minded believers that we can be in relationship and friendship with. And Lord, help us take that next step as a church community to get stronger collectively as we all not just show up, but put up. Lord, what are you calling each and every one of us to? How are you calling us to engage more and truly be a part of the life of what you're building here? Whether it's signing up for a crew, being more engaged in a crew, signing up to serve on the Alive team. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in and among us. What a, what a holy, beautiful thing to be a part of your church. Lord, thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you for causing us to be a healthy, strong church that is active, attending and active. Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.